Hi guys, this is Paul Capon from the Innovation Community. Today, I'm here with Anton Klaminov, uh, Head of Analytics at Mars Moscow. Uh, Anton has worked with many major FMCG brands across Central and Eastern Europe with a, a particular focus on data monetization. Great to have you with us, Anton. Thanks, thanks Paul for, for the invitation. Hello everyone. <laughs> Great, so uh, I touched a bit on your background there. Would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself in a few words? Yeah. So as uh, you mentioned, I'm now working for um, for Mars company, but uh, I was in analytics throughout of my professional life. And uh, I think I started like 10 or 12 years ago in, in PNG, changed some companies, was in Recordbank Kizer to work with Pharma was in uh, government services, was in fintech, and now I settled in uh, in Mars for, I don't know for how long. And um, yep, I'm uh, responsible for, um, for analytics and for digital transformation piece, let's say, which, um, uh, which relates to analytics. So all the uh, advanced analytic methods, uh, methodologies, and uh, um, I don't know, visualization tools, uh, they are in my field of responsibility. Hmm. And where did your career with analytics really start? You said about 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah, that was in PNG, I think, in 2007. So I joined, uh, you know, PNG, they're hiring only from uh, only on entry levels. And I joined company as a uh, associate uh, consumer and market insights manager, so or consumer market knowledge manager in oral care categories. So Crest, Oral B, these brands, I was responsible for a day-to-day -day, uh, analysis of business performance. So that was mostly market shares, needs and data, distribution, sales. Uh, but uh, it uh, escalated quickly to some more strategic work. So what is wrong with brands? What is right with brands? Why do they grow in? Why do they fall? So spend the first two, two years of learning the, basics with the PNG. Mm. And, and what really interests you about working in this space? Uh, PNG is a great school. It's a great school to start. So the company, I think, uh, you know, they were, um, they created market research uh, because they are one of the first to, um, to run the, uh, the phone, uh, phone polls, uh, the, they were calling to consumers, asking their opinion. I think in, in 30s, uh, in, in 30s. And um, when, when you join in it, uh, everything is structured, everything is uh, developed. Uh, so you, you could like, learn and uh, learn every day. So that, that was the great place to spend the first, for me, that was five years to, uh, to understand the analytics from many, uh, from many aspects because I was not only in market analytics, I was doing some uh, media measurements and uh, spent some time there. I was running uh, business optimization, as they call it. It's uh, more about forecasting and some on the advanced side of the analytics. So great, great school. I did almost everything uh, which I'm doing now. In I tried almost everything in PNG. Fantastic. And, and you mentioned PNG as a benchmark. It's a company we've, we've worked with pretty extensively. So um, I tend to agree. And uh, I mentioned that, that, that your, a lot of your current roles and previous roles as well have focused on data monetization. How do you define data monetization in these big companies? Yeah, yeah. I joined the um, largest Russian bank uh, or Eastern European bank. 
and um, you know by the year of uh, by the year of uh, 2018 lots of banks or mobile um, network operators or uh, I don't know the web portals they collected a lot of data about their consumers and uh, they started to think what uh, how they could benefit from it and um, the uh, the task from from bank was uh, the, uh, the following uh, what um, can be done with the data we have uh, can we like get some do some money on this uh, but of course keeping it uh, uh, in the white zone in terms of legislation existing legislation in um, in Russia and um, what I was doing is I was um, designing the proposals for advertising agencies uh, for uh, the uh, research agencies what we could propose uh, how we could uh, let them know they, their consumers their shoppers uh, the, uh, the the was uh, the was who watch advertising better. So that was the um, uh, the bank ta uh, the, the task. And for example, um, agency advertising agency I uh, I worked with they were struggling to target you know this um, online targeting uh, to target their super premium audience. So because they uh, they know how to target like regular people like uh, you and I. But um, for the I don't know, say millionaires uh, online, they they had some uh, some difficulties, and uh, there are lots of companies who produce luxury goods um, uh, who are interested in that. And um, I helped, let's say, uh, using the the data from bank. I um, let the agency know the. Of course, that was there were no names, but uh, I let them know the patterns of the behavior of these people online, so they could target the um, uh, advertising uh, better. So that is like in a nutshell what um, what I call data monetization, and there was like several projects like this. Mm. Yeah, and, and specifically in that 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 previous role with with that uh, European bank, that's. Um... Very, very different to what you're, you're used to, I'm sure. Uh, can you tell us about some of the other major successes that you have achieved throughout your career? Um, that was um, the the banking story was um, was quite good. I think uh, one of the major um, major success uh, that was uh, the reworking, optimization, reallocation of. Uh, European uh, marketing budget for um, uh, for PNG. I was working in Geneva, and I was responsible for uh, how they call it media media mix optimization uh, across the countries for Gillette and Venus brands. So that was the European uh, headquarters was respons uh, responsible for that. And um, from from my side, I was in, in in the position to help the marketing team. To reallocate the budgets uh, from the vehicles from the countries uh, with a lower ROI to the countries of um, uh, with higher ROI. So after this exercise, that was uh, around I don't know several uh, several millions US dollars of, of media budget was reallocated. Some was released to profit, and some was moved uh, to the areas with uh, higher ROI, higher uplift. So company, uh, part of the money they saved and released them to profit. And part of this money, they, uh, they invested so good. So the uplift they, they got was even better. 
uh, that was, I think, a very, very extensive project and uh, the, with tangible, tangible output, because when you see how they shift the money, you understand that um, that was a like, useful piece of work you did. Mm. Fantastic. And tell me about a time that you affected change in an organization and also some of the challenges that came with that. Yeah, I think um, in Mars, uh, in Mars, I, in my current role, uh, there were there was some time uh, we were moving from Excel to online reporting. So because we used to have Excel, we have to, to use PowerPoint uh, charts and PowerPoints, and uh, we finally choose the supplier, and uh, we were ready to um, to move uh, to move uh, to online standard dashboards. To, to replace the Excel and PowerPoint. And um, that was the change. The, the engagement uh, and my way of engagement was to uh, usually, usually to design early working prototype. And um, that should be working enough to show it to the team, but early enough so you could incorporate all the comments, all the questions from them. And uh, you know, when uh, the team sees that uh, their inputs is valuable, uh, their inputs is, uh, uh, is being addressed. Um, they started to um, they changed their um, their minds about the about the, about the changes. And after some sessions uh, we had with marketing sales team on these early working prototypes, when uh, they uh, saw saw it in action, and uh, they they could try it, and they understood that it's better than Excel and it's better than uh, 100 slides PowerPoint. Uh, they um, they actually changed their minds and uh, they were supporting the this change. I think that is the uh, the key to engage your team uh, as early as possible, and um, you you'll pass the uh, this uh, this change stage uh, smoother. Yeah, that's really fascinating because people uh, don't like change. It's you know uh, it's part Absolutely. of the fabric Absolutely. of human nature and. Uh, if you're getting buy-in from that, that's um, that's a that's a huge change. Um, obviously, that was more about the people. But how are you currently leveraging technology to your advantage, and and what effects do you think that technology will have over the next few years? Yeah, on technology stack, it's um, quite simple. We have uh, first uh, we have the um, the data collection. We have internal data and um, the data from uh, from external agencies like Nielsen or JFK. We load it to internal data lake. Uh, it's from Microsoft. It's on Azure. Um, then um, we um, with uh, Python, PySpark, some SQL. We are preparing this data for internal reporting as, and as well for uh, further analysis. So it's quite simple. We used to have um, our programming language, but we eventually changed everything to Python. And um, on the um, visualization side, it goes, um, we actually, um, different functions, they use in different tools. Maybe we'll have like the standard one, but in analytics, we are using Tableau. In sales, they're using Power BI, and in finance, they're um, fans of ClickView. So we got several analytical tools. And I think that is pretty, um, pretty much uh, describes the technology stack um, we um, we got on uh, the technology over um, over um, several several years. It's gonna uh, it's gonna make um, our work simpler and create the uh, something new to um, uh, to think about. So 
uh, what um, uh, how I see it uh, for um, uh, from my position is that um, we will release um, more let's, let's say employees more hours to um, you know, from analytical uh, from analytical area to the application area so an analyst they they will not be sitting in uh, in excel but they will work with business partners more to engage them uh, about the results of the uh, uh, of the analytical work because you know it's a, it's a common problem in, in big companies uh, you you could be the the great analyst but you need to to really to invest time to uh, to engage your business partners with the results and uh, to make sure they're incorporated into the business. So I hope that uh, new technology will will let us to invest uh, to shift our times from Excel to to communication with our business partners. So these are my hopes. Hmm. That's a really great point to bring up. Actually, when you look at the key stakeholders that you're trying to engage. Where do you, how do you communicate and engage with these, these business partners? Well, uh, I think first you, you need to know their working, working style because I, I worked with lots of um, general managers, marketing directors, uh, sales directors. I would uh, split them into two bigger types if, uh, uh, if you want. It's uh, those who keep it strict and those who keep it loose. And uh, for those who keep it loose, it's a um, spontaneous communication, fewer updates, but you need to demonstrate that you're very flexible. So you're ready to, uh, to revoke completely your presentation the last evening be before the presentation, the five minutes before the presentation. And um, yeah, but the, the working with these guys, it's, uh, it's, always, uh, it's always fun. Um, on on uh, those who keep it strict, you need to proactively, uh, proactively communicate every step uh, you did uh, in the projects they are caring about. So otherwise, it, it, it doesn't, it, it won't work out because um, when you miss these regular updates, uh, they become nervous, they become disengaged, they don't understand what is going on, and um, you just uh, the first step you understand. Uh, uh, in uh, in which team uh, your key stakeholder is it uh, uh, he's on stricter side or on looser side and then you just uh, you just apply one of these two behaviors so at least uh, that's how I do hmm. so so not defining stakeholders by function but by personality yeah yeah absolutely absolutely that's that's a great mindset uh, right now then we talking we've spoken a lot about the um, the successes of, of Mars and, and the previous companies you've worked for as well. But where do you see the biggest opportunity for organizational improvement right now? For organizational improvement right now, I would say for, for this company and for may, many other companies, um, they need to be in touch with the market trends and benefit from it. Because usually, especially in big companies, you know, they are reacting uh, they're reacting too late on uh, some trends which uh, already happened. And this early, um, early identification of trends, the early reaction, earlier uh, attempts of benefiting from them, they could unlock potential for large FMCG companies uh, to grow. Currently, how I see that, um, 
almost all the companies I worked uh, in, they are a bit missing this um, the system of early identification or the approach, and uh, they usually uh, see the trend when it's already uh, it's already established and uh, other smaller players already uh, already there. So they just uh, can either buy uh, someone who established uh, themselves in a new category, who created a new category, or I don't know, to try to do something on their own, but it's going to be too late and the competition is there and the growth is not uh, double digit anymore. So yeah, to, to be in touch with market trends, I would say. And what was the biggest mistake that you made during your career, in your opinion? Oh, lots of mistakes, lots of mistakes. Um, I could um, tell not about the biggest, but about the most recent, because again, lots of mistakes and uh, I guess nobody's perfect. Uh, I actually sent one of my subordinates uh, to senior management uh, to present in front of senior management. And I didn't brief her, uh, her enough uh, before, the, before the presentation. And um, I didn't manage uh, her expectation about how key stakeholders and how senior management is asking questions. I, um, because what I was thinking about, okay, I got to create her visibility and she wanted it and uh, everything will be perfect. But in fact, that was a great stress because it's uh, one thing when you present to your peers and the other thing when you present to senior management because I was already presented to senior management. For me, that was kind of obvious. And I knew the question, I knew who's gonna ask the question, and I knew all, all that. And uh, that stuff I missed when I um, briefed her um, for, the, for the presentation. So I spent too much time on the content of her presentation, but I didn't uh, prepare her well uh, for the question, for the behavior of the audience. Fortunately, uh, fortunately, everyone understood the situation, and uh, now, now it's better we we discuss the situation, and uh, um, we uh, it, it, it was a great uh, great lesson to learn. But yeah, I think that was uh, quite a big mistake uh, I did quite recently. Hmm. Yeah, well, it sounds like there was a positive outcome anyway, so so that's good to hear. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Uh, the best, uh, the best advice I have received. Um, I think that was in PNG in my second uh, or third year of uh, being there, and um, I had an opportunity, a great opportunity, to speak uh, with uh, senior leadership, functional leadership. Actually, uh, the person was from consumer and market knowledge function, but um, she was a president of uh, vice president of the function. And um, I asked something, what, what I got to do, uh, what do I do to succeed in PNG? And um, the answer was very, very simple. And uh, like, you got to know two, two things. First, know your stuff. It's not only about business uh, and the tools you're using or you could use, but also about your limits. So what you cannot do or you're something you're struggling with. And um, the second thing you need to know is the expectation of your key stakeholders. Uh, you should know what they care about. And uh, once you have these two pieces of puzzles on uh, hands, it's, it's going to be simpler to you. So you, you know what to offer them. You know how to manage these expectations once you, you know them. And um, indeed, uh, when it's, 
it became simpler when uh, when I started to work even these two questions and these two things in mind. Hmm. And when you you know you you mentioned that it's not just about the business, but do you have a favorite author or uh, someone you look up to, whether that's in business or analytics or outside of that? Um. I think it's not the author, it's a business person. I'm quite interested in what he's doing. It's a Jeff Bezos from Amazon. Um, I know not the, not the easy guy to work with and uh, the, the meetings in, in this company, they become very tough. But the way he's running business, the way he's building company, the way he's designing uh, corporate structure and choosing priorities, um, it's, uh, I think it's very, very interesting to, to follow him. And um, yeah, I think for me, uh, there's going to be Amazon, uh, Amazon, uh, GM. And last question, what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in analytics? The advice for, uh, for aspiring leaders in analytics, I think, uh, uh, first, what I would uh, say is um, live well alone, how I call it. So do not try to struggle for perfection in analytical work, in some conclusions. You will never achieve the perfection. Um, think about the impact you, you are doing to business. Uh, th- don't think about the figures. Think about the people. Think about the processes you are implementing. Think about the business. And... Um, once you you have uh, this mindset, you will become uh, from the the analyst who is like the strange guy who sits uh, in Excel to to business partner to valuable business partner who could uh, lead the team and uh, the one uh, um, the one who could transform organization for best. Mm. Great advice from Anton Klaminov, head of analytics at Mars Moscow. Uh, Anton, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye.